Hey, what's up, everybody? Hello again. Welcome back to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Uh, if you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and grab your Bible and follow along with me as I read through and discuss today 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, I am doing a part two of chapter 11 here because I did a part one a while back. And we're going to go ahead and finish out the chapter. If you didn't um, hear part one and you want you want to find it, you can do so on just about every podcast platform that is out there. Um, iTunes, you know, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, all of them. You can find, find us by searching for A Love Outreach. Uh, you can also, of course, find us on YouTube where I am posting this too. Uh, and we are on Facebook as well, though we do not do very much on Facebook at this point in time. But that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I am going to start reading here down in verse... 17. Again, I left off in verse 16 on the last time we went through this chapter. So the Apostle Paul here is writing a group of believers in the city of Cornrith. Now, let me address that real quick. I say he's writing a group of believers here, which he is. But let's just say that you've come upon this video and you do not consider yourself a believer in God, a believer in the Bible, a, be a believer in Jesus Christ, or something like that. But so you might, if you stay with us here and you follow along uh, and you listen, you may find, well, you know, some of this doesn't make sense to you. Um, and part of that reason is Jesus said that you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. When you're born of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to you and, you know, teach you and lead you and guide you and correct you and instruct you. This is all the working of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's nothing, you know, if you sit here and you listen to me, read through the Bible and talk through this as I'm going to do here, um, but you do not have the Spirit of the Lord or your life is not yielded to the Lord, well, again, it just might not make any sense to you. But um, if, however, you are a believer, this is written so that you can learn how you should be living today as a believer in Jesus Christ. There is a way that we should be living. There are things that we should know. There are things that we should be growing in, uh, in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and becoming more and more like him on a daily basis. So anyway, just wanted to address that here as I point out the fact that Paul is writing this to a church, a group of a body of believers that is, that lived in the city of Corinth back in this time. But in verse 19, or excuse me, verse 17, he says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you. So he's about to tell them something that he's not happy about what he's seeing with how they're doing things, right? He says, since you come together together, not for better, but 
for the worse. So there's something about the behavior of these believers that Paul felt a need to address here. And remember, we are reading the word of God, okay? And it's it's uh, it's a two it's a a sword that can go in us. It's sharper than any two-edged sword is what I was trying to say and it it cuts into us. And again, if we're if you call yourself a Christian, then we, these are things here that we need to learn, that we need to make sure that we're living the right way as well, as Paul addresses these believers here, right? And he says, I hear that there are divisions among you, right? Or verse 18, I don't know if I read that. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Now, Paul's not happy about that. Remember, the Apostle Paul is the same one who scolded the Corinthians for saying, you know, well, I am of Apollos. In other words, I follow this man and his teachings. I am of Cephas, who, who is Peter. Uh, you know, I follow Peter and his teachings. And, uh, you know, some were saying, and I'm of Jesus and, you know, and all that. And he's saying that there's divisions and factions. Let me look up this word here for you and give you a definition of factions real quick. Um, factions is a small, organized, dissenting group within a larger one, especially in politics, right? And it goes on to say, as a noun, it's, it's rival factions or vying for control. So that's people that want to be in leadership, want to place, place themselves above others, okay, uh, in the body of Christ. And they're not behaving like the body of Christ. And you'll see what I mean as I read on here, right? He says, for there must also be these factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Now listen to this. He says, therefore, when you come together in one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. He goes, don't, don't even try it, right? Don't think you're coming together as if this is something holy and all of that, the way you're behaving. You know, you're vying for positions and wanting to be above the other and all of that kind of stuff, right? He says in verse 21, for in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others and one is hungry and another is drunk, right? So here's one stepping up and saying, oh, you know, well, this is my position in the church and I'm going to make it known and I'm going to go get my food first. And this is what I'm going, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, you know, eat, drink and be merry, right? And he says, one's hungry and another's drunk, right? Because everybody's not looking out for the needs of others. They're selfish. And unfortunately, we see this in a lot of churches today. I won't go into detail, but I just had a meeting with someone last night that was what you would call burned by a church, right? And it was this type of thing, right? It was this type of thing where people were putting themselves vying for or jockeying for positions, right? Putting themselves in a positions above others. This is not Christ-like. This is not like Christ, right? We, we should be least, right? We should be humble, right? We should be meek. We should be considering others as better than ourselves. Well, here's a church that Paul's addressing that was coming together and, and not behaving in the way they should, right? 
they were, again, lifting up others and putting people in positions and all of that kind of stuff. He's, and then he goes on to say, okay, so since they're living this way, right? He's going to say to him here in verse 22, what? Do you, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? In other words, if you're going to be doing this kind of stuff, just go home. Don't even come together and act like you're getting together in the name of the Lord, you know, for something holy here, you know, for the Lord's Supper, as he says there in verse 20. Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. So here again, right, we know that the word of God is profitable in our lives today. And it's profitable for rebuke, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, right? It hits us. And that's when we read it like this. Again, if you're a believer, you should be living in a way that shows you are a believer. You are like Christ. Like Christ, excuse me. That's what makes you a Christian. You're living that life, okay? So, He's saying, just go home. Just go home and behave like this, right? You're not looking out for the needs of others. People are, one's getting drunk, drinking too much, and probably gluttony's going on and eating too much, and another one is hungry over here, you know? You know, this type of behavior shouldn't be going on. But unfortunately, again, look, you know, I'm not trying to slam the church, but look, if, if your church that you attend is about nothing but partying and having fun and getting together and barbecues, when, I say, when I'm saying party, and I'm not talking about drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff, but just you're not getting to get together to edify one another in the ministry and exhort one another and, and spread the gospel and become a church that's reaching out to other people and caring for the needs of others. You're just looking for all of your party type things and your concerts with your bands and all of that kind of stuff. You know, th that's not what Christianity is. And this is what Paul is addressing here. And he says um, in verse 23, now he's going to tell him, look, here's, the, here's how you do it. If you're truly coming together for the Lord, don't be doing all this other stuff and, again, jockeying for positions and, and, you know, cutting in front of others and thinking you're better than the other and, you know, all of that kind of stuff where it's all about your appearance, the clothes you wear, the hat you wear, all of this other kind of stuff, right? Now, it's not about any of that. He goes, this is, this is the way. He goes, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you and do this in remembrance of me so there's a solemn time here coming together in the lord and we're saying hey we are remembering the lord's death we are remembering what he done for us that's why we're gathering as a church and we're realizing that you know he desires that people would be saved and what can we do as a church what can we do as a body to reach other people to reach those that live around the church and such how can we reach out to them with the gospel of jesus christ the good news 
that there is salvation, that there is eternal life, that you can be set free in Jesus. You know, how do we do this? You know, that this is what we gather for. We're remembering, right? But he's saying, look, this is what Jesus did. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what did they do? He took the bread, he said, take and eat, do this in remembrance of me. They had a supper, they fellowshiped together, they supped together, they had a supper, right? And then he took the cup afterwards and he said, here, drink this, do this in remembrance of me as well. So it was something symbolic that Jesus was doing here. And he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Again, that's what I said earlier. We're, that's what we're to be doing, proclaiming the death of the Lord. He died for the sin of the world, to take away the sin of the world. He was crucified. He was dead. He was buried. And he rose again. And now he ever lives. And he's coming to get, again. And we need to be preaching the gospel and the church needs to be gathering for the right reason okay therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the lord so you're coming together as a church maybe you do your little communion thing you do your thing but you're backbiting you're talking about people behind their backs. You've got factions in the church. You've got people being lifted up, you know, in one way over here. You've got people within the body of Christ that maybe are suffering or have other needs or, you know, whatever it is, and you're just ignoring it because you got your little click going on and you're doing your little thing and, and you don't really care. That's what it is to not really honor the Lord and then to take this, you know, and act as if, okay, I'm gonna take this bread and I'm gonna drink this cup and all that, but your heart ain't right. You're not doing the right thing. You're not living right. You're not living like Christ wants you to live, okay? This is what we need to learn here, you and me. We need to learn this today, okay? But let, and, he, and this is what he says in verse 28 um, here. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink the cup. Have you done that? Are you doing that? Have you examined yourself to see where you are? Are you truly in the faith? Are you really living like Christ? Do you really represent Christ in your daily life in the way that you live? Even you, Mr. Church Leader, even you, you know, Mrs. Sunday school teacher, right? Are you living right? For he who, who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So we're really not paying attention to the fact of how precious it is that the Lord died for us. And why did he die? You know, so many Christians you know, today want the return of the Lord. But the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. That's why he's waiting. He's waiting, but, you know, are you spreading the gospel? Is your church spreading the gospel? 
Or are there factions amongst you? Distractions, selfish actions. Verse 30 says, For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and sleep. For what reason? You're, you're taking this, you're not taking this serious. You're not discern, discerning the Lord's body. You're not really truly discerning the gospel. You're not being reverent. You're not living in such a manner yourself like you should be living. For if we judge ourselves, verse 31 says, we would not be judged. So in other words, examine yourself again. As he's kind of saying the same thing here. Examine yourself, judge yourself. Take a look at yourself. Where are you? Are you truly in Christ? Are you truly living the life that he wants you to live? Verse 32. But when we are judged... We are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with this world. You see, we can't, we can't be like this world. If you're going to be like this world and you're going to try to make your church have all the things the world has, you know, you're going to create an atmosphere in your church where it's not reverent, it's party, it's fun. It's laughter, it's Super Bowl parties and gatherings and all of that kind of stuff, and that's all it's about. Not saying that there's anything wrong with having fun together as believers, right? But we're talking about the church gathering, and that's what Paul was addressing here. Do you want the power of God? Then don't be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You show yourself ashamed of the gospel when you don't really preach it, when you don't really teach what it is to be saved, that there's righteousness, right? That, that, that we're living righteously and soberly and godly now in this present age, as it says in Titus chapter two. This is what the church needs to be teaching So he says, therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. In other words, be patient. That's a fruit of the Spirit. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. In other words, if you're coming here just for gluttony, oh man, look at all, there's going to be a lot of good food at the church tonight. I'm going because I'm hungry. I'm going to get my grub on, right? Unless it says, but if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Now, we don't really know what Paul did when he came, but this was a great letter right here. It addressed two topics, and you can go back. Like I said, part one that I read through was one topic, and part two was another topic here. And they're both very serious things that the church needs to deal with today. So look, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to grow in. But God's mercy is new every morning. Now's the time to begin again. If you find yourself, if the, and if you have listened all the way up till this point, I'm about to wind it down here. But if you've listened all the way up to this point and you don't know the Lord, today is a day of salvation.
Today is the day for you to come to Jesus, to be born again, to be born of the Spirit, to walk in a newness of life, to know the Lord, your God, your Creator, and His purpose for your life. And on the flip side of that, if you are a Christian and you've listened this far, examine yourself. Where are you? That's what we see here today. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, whichever the case may be. If you want to support us in the spreading of the gospel, you can do so by subscribing, sharing, liking, just helping us to spread the word. If you want to reach out to us, go to our webpage, aloveoutreach.com. There's a section there that you can fill out contact form where you can contact us. We'll get back to you if you have any questions or anything like that, any way that we can help you grow in the Lord. We'd love to do that. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. So God bless you again. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.